podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon, early evening, I am delighted to be joined by Laura Bradburn and Kevin McCluskey who is dialing in all the way from Budapest. Kevin, welcome back. Um, Celtic 2, Aberdeen 0. Let's get your overall thoughts about that performance, Laura Bradburn. Yeah, um, I thought I thought it was much for much this, both the first and second half and I thought the football that we played was really, really um, you know, the type of football that we expect from Andrew's teams and the type of football that I want to see us play. Um, I wouldn't complain if that was our type of performance for the rest of the season. I thought we were pretty comfortable throughout. I don't think Aberdeen, despite having a couple of periods where they were sort of coming into it, I don't think they put, proved uh, a particularly big threat at any point. Um, I think the only the only sort of takeaway that I would say is a downside from it is we just need to get better at, at putting away chances, but hopefully that will come as as we get into the season and get a bit sharper. Yeah, I mean, looking at the uh, the first half performance against the second, Kevin, I, I tend to agree with Laura. There's going there's going to be occasions where the opposition come into it a wee bit, but I think we dealt with the challenge that uh, that they had and what they threw at us. I thought we were pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the word to use. Comfortable. It was just a really comfortable kind of dominant performance. First half was all Celtic basically until the last 10 minutes of the half. But we created enough chances to put the game to bed by that point anyway. Johnny Hayes had his chance, gave Aberdeen a bit of confidence for the rest of the half. But second half was just, it was a complete walk in the park, really. I've got very few notes in the first kind of 15-20 minutes of that half because we just controlled the game it was mm-hmm. effortless mm-hmm. and then afterwards once we stepped up again after making the three subs the chances came again we just need to be a bit more clinical in front of goal like Laura says I'm putting that down to early season rustiness 
and it will come. But um, overall, just a really comfortable, dominant performance. Yeah, it definitely was. Stephen Sloan actually uses that word. We still look rusty in some areas of our game, but I'm sure with a few more games under our belt, we will fire on all cylinders more clinical. Could have been five. I certainly remember three decent saves from the Aberdeen goalie. So, um, yeah, a very composed, professional uh, and comfortable victory for Celtic 2-0. Let's uh, run through the team then and the individual performances. Laura, we'll start off at the back. And um, the first thing I would say is two of the best players in the pack for me today were uh, Greg Taylor and Stephen Welsh. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they were two players that we picked out as potentially, of all the players on the pitch, not perhaps being automatic starters for Ange. Um, but I don't think either of themselves have done them in, in, themselves any harm in terms of doing what we wanted them to do and coming out and, and staking a claim for the shirt. Um, Stephen Welsh, the, the goal will have done him no harm, obviously, proving that he's a, a threat from from set pieces, but he had so much more to his game as well. He just seemed very comfortable on the ball. I know we've used that word a lot, but it just sums up a lot of the performances today. And the least you can expect from him in a situation like that is, or the most praise you can give him is that he didn't look out of place in a partnership with Cameron Carter-Vickers, which you know is praise in and of itself because we all know what we think of CCV. As for Greg Taylor, I think... He has proved um, what you can do with the correct attitude under a new manager. Um, mm. He's obviously being asked to do something that I would doubt he's ever been asked to do before at any of his previous clubs. It's certainly a way of playing as a fullback that is unusual and is something that he will have had to take time to adapt to and learn. But it seems like he's done that. And I think if we know anything about Angie, he values a player who's willing to work hard and you can't. You can't say that Greg Taylor is not willing to work hard because he absolutely is. He just seems to, based on today's performance alone, he seems to have grown in confidence a bit from last season as well, which I'm I'm encouraged to see. And if he puts in performances like that for the rest of the season, he'll be more than adequate at left back, I would say. And then you've got the two other players within that back four, Laura and Juranovic, who we're delighted is still with the club and we hope that that is the case going through this season. And Carter Vickers, who we were delighted to bring in permanently, there was just a wee reminder in the last couple of minutes of what he can do where he's tracking back, he nicks that uh, ball away just at the last minute and then he's still got time to turn around and give Stephen Welsh a wee bit of advice as well. But you can still see the quality as well as Welsh um, and Taylor play today, the quality Carter Vickers and Juranovic, you know, you look at those two players and you think to yourself, well, we get a good run this season and in the Champions League, we're going to find it tough to keep players like that. And, you know, I'm looking towards that moment where these guys are going to be much sought after because they are a different class, aren't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the Juranovic getting the interest that he's had from from the calibre of club that he's had the interest from just says everything about what, what he could possibly be. And I think for us to have held on to him over the summer, I hope it proves to be longer than that. But he's going to be a a real key part of that defence, not only defensively, but going forward this season. And I think he could offer a touch of quality that we we need, especially in Europe as well. Cameron Carter-Vickers seems to find a home at Celtic that he hasn't found elsewhere as well. Um, And is really establishing himself as the kind of main point of that back line through which a lot of other things are built. You know, the, the debate is over whether it's Welsh, Starfelt or Gents that's in the, the back line, but there's no debate about Cameron Carter-Vickers and, and neither should there be. He just seems 
solid is the word to describe him. You know, not really very phased by anything. You know, we, we talked a lot last season about Starfelt and how he, he sometimes seemed a bit spooked by things. Um, and, and that kind of thing. Christopher Julian, as we've talked about ad nauseum since his injury, looks like he's lost a lot of confidence. Doesn't seem to be an issue with Cameron Carter-Vickers, and I don't think he'll be phased going into Europe either. It just seems to be something he'll hopefully take in his stride. When we look at the players we've mentioned there, Kevin, if we start off with uh, Greg Taylor, a lot of the criticism I've seen, again, engaging quite a lot of this on social media input, is that um, he's okay domestically, not good enough for Europe. I've heard a lot of that chat. And some people just don't like him because he was a Rangers fan growing up. And, um, you know, again, I I go back to other uh, fans of the other club who became Celtic legends, so I don't really buy into that. I'm not that interested if they're doing a job for Celtic. Um, and then when you look at Welsh, I think he just suffers from what Laura spoke about at the beginning of the game. That type of player who comes in, he's a homegrown talent. He seems to be an easy target. But you look at the homegrown players we've got in the squad, and players like McGregor and Forrest, and you've also got uh, Tony Ralston, and of course Welsh makes up part of that. I think it's vitally important to have a group of players who have come through the ranks. What do you make of their two performances and some of the criticism that they've had, uh, mainly last season? Yeah, well, I think everyone knows my opinion on Greg Taylor. I'm a really, really big fan of him and Laura's nodding her head because she's been on the receiving <laughs> end of this a few times already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Taylor. Um, I think, and do you know what, I don't care about his background if he was a Rangers fan as a child or whatever, he's playing for Celtic, you see his performances week in, week out, and he's 100% committed to the cause. He scored the goal against them last season, and he celebrated it like it meant something big to him. That's good enough for me. Um, he and Tony Ralston, in my opinion, are like the poster boys of how to react when a new manager comes in. Mm. You're a player that's got, with the greatest intentions of the world, kind of limited abilities, in a sense. But you're prepared to work on them and make the most of them and improve them and become a better player. And there's a lot of the bigger names, I think, that could probably learn a lot from that attitude that he's got. Um, this inverted fullback role is completely new to Scottish football, really. No one else has done it. And he's come in and just taking it on like a, like a duck to water kind of thing. It's as if he was born to play that role. His distribution's excellent. His work rate's brilliant. I think he got a lot of criticism at first as well because he wasn't a Kieran Tierney. Mm-hmm. He was going to bomb up and down the line and be this all-action player. He's just really solid in what he does. Um, so I will, I'll sit and do a whole other podcast on how good I think Greg, Greg Taylor is if you let me. I think he's just a quality player for us. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Welsh as well. Fantastic today. And we spoke about it before the game and at halftime. If he had a foreign name, you would be saying he's, he's a really good player. He's, uh, he's deserving of being in the team. He does suffer. And I remember Simon Donnelly coming through as a young boy mm. and all the pressure that could put on him. I don't think he really lived up to his Celtic potential because we didn't let him. And we're in danger of doing that with some of the, the other young boys that come through. But Welsh is coming in. He's definitely got the confidence of the manager. He looks confident now when he's on the ball in possession. That side of his game has improved. He got a big goal today. Mm. And, and I don't think he did anything wrong defensively either. I thought it was a really comfortable performance from him as well just he kind of strode through the game I think the two of them are really really good and it's it's vitally important that we have guys like that Scottish boys that come through that know what it means to play for Celtic because they'll help the others the, the new signings when they come in 
Yeah, I, I totally. I've always gone on about that, Kevin. I remember uh, Pat Stanton saying it in the Nearly Mocking documentary that when it comes down to it, you need a core in the dressing room. And he, he started talking about the teams that have had that in the past, from Manchester United to Barcelona. You need a core in the dressing room uh, of players who have come through the ranks who know what it means to lose a game uh, when you're on the terraces or in the stands uh, and you know who will go that extra uh, percentage to make sure that uh, not only that they win the game but the other players around about them understand it and you hear the tales of guys like Tommy Burns you know with new players coming in Kevin and take them to the side and making them know and understand and Johnny Doyle used to do it what it meant to play for that jersey and people think because of the modern game that all that's lost and you know it's not lost because we have seen players with undoubted talent not playing well for Celtic and in the not too distant past I always use the example of Olivia and Cham, a guy of undoubted ability, Laura, who didn't apply himself. And then if you're looking at the attitudes, like Kevin pointed out, of both Greg Taylor and Tony Ralston since the new gaffer came in, if some of these more naturally gifted players were able to apply themselves like these guys, they could be world beaters. But where's in Cham now? Probably playing for Swansea Reserves or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think that they're great, as Kevin's called them, poster boys um, for that application, that desire, that commitment. Um, and it looks as though they're going to maximise their careers as a result of that as well. Ridiculizer, you are a regular uh, commenter on the streams. Welcome back. Stephen Welsh, very composed. Nice run out of the back in the last couple of minutes and distribution. I've, I've been going on about his distribution. I think it's a very very good passer of the ball. He might have played a wee bit within himself um, when he it was introduced into the team, but I think the confidence has shown uh, the range of passes as well. Egyptian King, that jota, holy moly, it was absolutely beautiful. Don't know if you mean the goal or the man himself. <laughs> and um, we've also got the I think Tifo. I think they both. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And the Tifo was unreal as well. Uh, yeah, another big shout out to the Green Brigade and everybody who was involved in that as well. Um, and then we've got the Marquee Player Network. Some nice stuff played, easily contained. Jot, absolute class. But am I missing something? That boy's barnet is a disgrace. I don't know if you're talking about Jot or the presenter today, but thanks for the feedback, if it is indeed for myself. Gary Doonan, who knows a lot about the players coming through at Celtic. He does have a good insight into guys like Stephen Welsh, a certain section of our support need to realise that Welsh is a decent player. He will make mistakes, keep him in there, and the 3.5 million valuation becomes 20 million. How about that? Um, This is a player, as we've said today quite a few times, um, who has had that interest from Udinese. He's had that interest from the likes of Toulouse. Now, if anybody's looking at Gary's comment and thinking that that's a nonsense, all I need to say is Jack Hendry. Jack Hendry, right? So he goes over to Australia, has a terrible injury, comes back, Celtic fans are thinking, you know, if you lose this guy on a free or out on loan, we're not that interested because he's not. it's not worked out for him at Celtic. He goes to Belgium, makes a name for himself. What was the transfer fee when he was uh, when he was sold on? It, was, it wasn't but, quite but as million? much. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes, he goes for eight, eight and a half. And I know that... He's lost his place in the team. There's talk of maybe coming to English football, etc. But the the point stands. Uh, sometimes that unfashionable player, Laura, can become someone that, as Kevin says, if he comes in and he's fashionable and he's got that kind of pedigree, um, we look upon him a wee bit differently. On today's show, and Stephen Welsh has to be dislodged from that team. Um, when Starfelt comes back, what does Ange do with him? Does he sit him on the bench to, until such times as the opening uh, presents itself, Laura? 
Well, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Either Ange feels safe in the knowledge that um, removing Welsh from the team when Starfield comes back will do nothing to his attitude, and so that's what he'll do. Or he, he gives him credit and and says, no, you've you've put in the performances that, that make you deserve to be in the team, and so Starfield or Jens or whoever you want to say is going to have to work a bit harder to oust you from the team. So... Um, I would like to see him get a, get a decent run of games in the team um, and see if he can really embed himself in there because I think, um, as as the commenter said and as we've talked about already, I I, I really I can't pick fault with any any of his games and this isn't the first time we've come out of a a game early on in the season like we did last season. Uh, saying that that Stephen Welsh was the best player on the pitch. Now, obviously, the results weren't great uh, at the beginning of last season, um, and hopefully they're better. I think they said on commentary today that we lost our first three away games last season, um, and hopefully that's not something that we do this season. But but Stephen Welsh, when called upon, has been the consummate professional and has has not only that, actually proved himself to be an effective defender. Because I think. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. I think sometimes when you go on about attitude and you go on about that type of thing, it's almost as if you're downplaying how good of a player they are because you're saying, oh, well, their attitude's good and they're a professional and they're, they're, they're a hard worker and this and that. I think he's a perfectly good defender and I think people need to acknowledge that more. And I think people in the comments today are definitely doing that. And um, for my money... I don't know much about Jens, but if you ask me personally right now, would I rather have Starfelt or Welsh uh, in the team for the next few games based on that performance today? I've got to go with Welsh. You know, when you were talking there about all those attributes, uh, Laura, it's like every workplace has got somebody that always makes the tea and brings in the cakes, right? But they're not particularly good at their job. That's I've heard I'm you're saying. good at making the tea, Paul, though. <laughs> Apparently that's all I do. I've got plenty of practice, Laura. Plenty of practice. Like a wee cup of the chai, ladies and gents. If you want to visit the studio, I will prove how good that cup of tea is. Um, but you know the, the type, and that's what we're saying. It's not about down, downplaying the ability of these guys. I mean, I was speaking during the week about some of the people who come to Celtic. Uh, I mean, Shane Duffy's a brilliant example. And yeah, the timing and everything was, was wrong. But a lot of players don't make it at Celtic. And that's because um, it does take a certain type of player you walk out onto that park today can you imagine walking into that full house with that tifo and the fireworks going off and all of that kind of stuff a lot of players just go in on themselves you know and we've seen it time and time again big name players big pedigrees coming from big clubs doesn't work out and then you've got guys that know what it's all about from a young age like Stephen Welsh like Tony Ralston and they go uh, into the first team like Ducks to Water and I'm I, I know I'm a realist I know that you're not going to make an entire team up of you know 11 players that come through the ranks but I do think that we need to focus on the importance of having four or five at all times in the squad who have come through that process as well uh, Kyogo's Plimsoles uh, here in Calmac in the second minute of injury time Haw 
keep going, we never stop. Yeah, I love that. I love that as well. And it, it's obviously the mantra that's uh, been implemented by Ange Postacoglu. And then you hear players and, and other coaches getting interviewed and it's almost as if they're clones of Ange. They, they talk in the same language. There's a culture, Kevin, that has been implemented by Ange Postacoglu. How many times last season, sorry, the season before last, were we talking about a shift in culture? under the Neil Lennon regime. We've had it, haven't we? And we've had it in a very short space of time as well, Kev. Yeah, we have. It was desperately needed, and we've had it in uh, kind of record time <laughs> than, than anyone could really have expected. Uh, it's night and day. So, you know, I don't like thinking back to those dark days of that season under Lennon, but there were games when we just gave up. And your example of Incham, he was like the epitome of that team because he had all the ability in the world and that team had lots of ability. They didn't have the heart to go out and win the games. They couldn't dig, they couldn't fight. They just couldn't do it when it really mattered. This team does and this team does it to a degree when it doesn't matter with that comment that just came up there about Cal Mack. 92nd minute, 2 nothing up, the game's won but we still have to keep on fighting for every ball. And that's the kind of thing that then feeds into every single game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's why um, we'll go into a game in the Champions League this season and on paper we should get a scudding, but we won't because that team believes in itself. And that, that whole mindset change in, what, 12, 13 months has been phenomenal. I'm kind of really looking forward just to seeing how we do because I, I think... And I think we can kind of go toe-to-toe with teams that are bigger than us now and, and compete with them purely because we've now got a mental attitude that says we can. Yeah. Just to pick up on what Kevin's saying there as well, like just um, at the end of the half-time analysis, one of the commenters was saying, um, or it might be pre-match, I can't remember, but the but there has been no improvement in this team because there's, we started the game with a, an 11 of players who we had last season. And I think throughout the course of the game, I think Aaron Moyes, the only one who came on, who was a new signing in the summer. But to, to kind of go with what Kevin's saying there, like it's if the players are understanding what they're being asked to do better, if they're actually carrying out the tasks better, then it is an improved team, regardless of if the personnel's changed. And just had now a whole pre-season, as well as last season, to, to do his work. We all know that he improved the team without uh, throughout last season, purely based on his coaching. And it seems like he's done even more of that through the summer. So although, you know, new signings are always welcome and strengthening the squad is something we need to do and have done, I don't think necessarily looking at the the lineup today and saying, well, it's all players we had last season necessarily means that it hasn't improved because I think, it, for my money, it seems to have. Well, can I pick up on that as well, actually? Sorry. <laughs> I, I remember the last time we had an opening game of the season, I'm sure, against Aberdeen. And we didn't sign any new players for it. It was under Gordon Strachan. And we laboured to a 1-0 victory. Um, Barry Robson scored the penalty that kind of snuck under Langfield's legs. And at that point, you're thinking, we haven't improved. We haven't signed anyone. We've gone backwards. This time, you're looking at it going, we have signed a few players, but the squad players are not coming into the starting eleven. But the starting eleven still somehow seems better than it was at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. And it's because we've got a coach that works with them every day in the training field. And he just goes for that 1% difference every day. And it, over the course of the season, it, it, it adds up. And that's why we get stronger as the season goes on and why we never stop, as he says. You know, I, I'm going to use um, 
Brennan Rogers as an example on two occasions here. Okay, so I apologise in advance, but there is a reason for it. I remember going into the second season under Brendan, and there's Pirlo making a guest appearance Indeed. again. Indeed. Um, I do remember you're, going you're into that. bum and shot in a minute, I think. Oh, <laughs> nice. And um, what I thought about that pre season going into season two is that we didn't improve. So if you think back, correct me if I'm wrong, I might not have all the players, but we signed. I was going to say Johnny Rotten. Johnny Hayes. We signed Johnny Hayes. <laughs> By the way, it's because I was thinking about the Sex Pistols. Nothing to do with I his was going to say, though, after, right. after my comments before the game, let's not go further down that rabbit no, hole. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it might come back to haunt me at some point. So we signed Johnny Hayes. We signed Olivia and Cham, who at the time, let's not forget, was a reserve player at, at Manchester City, right? Or an under-23s player. Um, and we also signed Eduard as a loanee, uncontested 19-year-old from PSG on a loan. And we brought in at some point uh, Jack Kendry and Marvin Comper. Now, if you, if you look at what happened with those players and what they actually brought to the team, I don't think we did strengthen from... Brendan Rodgers' first season. I really don't. Um, but when I'm looking at the players that, that Ange's brought in and how that is sometimes supplementing what we've already got, like you say there, they might not go right into the first team. At some point during the season, I expect them to go into the, the first team. I think when Juranovic signed, Ralston's playing so well, he doesn't go straight in at right back. He plays a few games at left back because Ralston's playing so well at right. And I think eventually we will see Burnaby as a first team player and eventually we'll, we'll see Jets as a first team player. Um, Moy, I'm not too sure. We'll, we'll just need to see how that one goes on. But I feel that we're in a better place now, Laura, than we were going into Brendan Rodgers' second season. What, what would you make of that comment? I think so. Um, partly, perhaps, because I think of where the squad is at. You know, I think Brendan Rodgers was always fighting an, an issue with a, a slightly ageing squad, and so having to overturn that is, is difficult in and of itself. And just, um, like constructed a squad last season full of young players who were never going to be anything other than improved going into this season because you've got players like Abada, like Jota, like like Kyogo, who are all in their mid twenties, who who are nowhere near the the peak of their powers, um, and yet he's got that 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 good mix of of players like Callum McGregor, who are a bit more experienced. So, I think that's where the difference maybe lies, as well as you know, Ange's coaching style is perhaps a bit more. Um, I don't know, maybe the type of coaching that 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 the players can can sort of find a bit more palatable I think the more stories that come out about Brendan Rodgers he had a bit of an unorthodox coaching style that maybe wouldn't have been everybody's cup of tea whereas Ange seems to um, sort of give people an ultimatum of this is either the way you want to play football and be coached by me or or I don't want you and that by doing that he, he creates an atmosphere amongst the squad of players who are totally behind him and if they're not they're not part of his plans and um, I think that's the way most managers should be I don't understand why more managers aren't like that to be honest I think sometimes there's a temptation from managers um, to you know try and fit certain players in because the player in themselves is gifted or try and play to a certain player's strengths when actually if you go completely the other way and try and build a squad of players who want to do the jobs you're asking them to do that's the way to build a successful team so um, I'm just really encouraged by what I saw today I thought 
I thought as well as Welsh and Taylor that we've talked about, I thought that the midfield, especially in the first half, was really fantastic. O'Reilly is about as good a Celtic player as I think I might have ever seen. That might, in my lifetime anyway, like in a Celtic shirt, I think he's about as gifted as they come. Hatati was doing exactly what we talked about yesterday in the, the match, the, the, the Friday Bulletin, taking risks with his passes. They weren't always coming off, but when they were, they were creating chances. And the only thing we just need to improve on a little bit, as I said before, is being a little bit more clinical. But I think that comes... Like, I would be more concerned if we came out of this match today saying we didn't look like scoring a goal. We absolutely did. We just need that little bit of sharpness, that little bit of get-up-and-go that's maybe missing because we're not at that point in the season. But I think it will come. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I was going to say, Kev, I'll throw this one at you, going back to the Brennan Rogers uh, era, is we are going into the Champions League for the first time in five years. And we keep saying this, we've not heard that Champions League music. It's held to apart for five years and it is absolutely, for me, no coincidence that within the, the years that we weren't making the impact that we all want in the Champions League, we were selling some of our best assets year on year. And we did it for five years. And we've done it before then also. This season so far, we haven't sold any of our assets, although there has been a bit of gossip and a bit of rumour mongering um, around Juranovic. And I'm pretty sure O'Reilly was linked with Leicester City, etc. I mean, that's what's going to happen when you've got a, a really great side performing well. But what happened when we were in the Champions League under Brendan Rodgers, Kevin, is that uh, Brendan didn't change his style. Right, he, he dug his heels in, he didn't change his style and it resulted in us getting you know, pasted, annihilated um, on more than one occasion now as we're going into the Champions League this time round Ange Postacoglu, different style of manager obviously, but he has said in the past that regardless of who you're playing he's not going to change his style mm-hmm. is that a worry for you? Do you think that there might be a drubbing in there if we come up against some of the big guns or do you think because we are so good when going forward, when everything clicks, you know, we, we can score against anybody and then, you know, it's anybody's game. What, what's your thoughts? I know we've not seen Ange in this scenario yet in the group stages of Champions League, so it's new to him and it's new mm-hmm. to us. Um, do you think this season's all about him, you know, getting his footing within this tournament before he can actually make inroads? What's your thoughts? Uh, so first off, Brendan Rodgers, when he was there, his uh, you say his philosophy was we will play the same way if we're playing against St Mirren as we will if we're in the new camp. And we went there and we got a 7-0 pace and I think it was over there and we thoroughly deserved it. Rodgers was a really, really naive manager when it came to European football for Celtic, I think. He was uh, an absolute idealist and, I don't know, fantasist in the way that he just wanted us to play this beautiful game all the time. It's never going to work. Ange won't change his style but he will change the way we play, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is he's not going to change to play long ball football. We're going to try and play passing football, a short game. He'll keep the inverted fullbacks. We'll do all the things we did just now, but we'll just do it a bit more tighter. Joe Hart won't be coming 50 yards off his line um, when we're on an attack. He's going to stay in his box. It'll be subtle changes that he'll make, but it's essentially the same game he'll want to play. He's just going to tailor it to the opposition. And he did it last season in the Europa League, trying to remember the name. He did it in the Europa League. Some of our best performances were away from home against Leverkusen, against Frodi over here. We've got a 3-2 victory, but we should have won by more. Betis, 2-0 up. He knows how to play away from home in Europe. He just didn't have the personnel to do it before. I think he does now. 
it's not to say that if we go to the new camp or get PSG, you know, we'll not get a doing. We might because they should be a team like us. But against someone that's a wee bit lower level than that, he'll keep to that same philosophy, and I think we can give anyone a go. I really do. Right. And yeah, you can, I think you can I, hang my hat on that one. I think I think I agree with what Kevin's saying, and the distinction is, I think Ange was perhaps judged a bit, uh, a bit harshly based on even some of the content we put out when he first was appointed with Dan Orlowitz given as a a rundown from the Japan Times of, of what to expect and essentially saying, you know, he doesn't really care about defence and, and that kind of thing. I think the difference is, as Kevin alluded to there, he will change how we defend when we're out of possession of the ball in Europe against better teams. But when we're in the possession, he's not going to stay camped in. He's going to try and get us to score goals. And, and why shouldn't he? Um but but like Kevin said, you know the the goalkeeper will perhaps stay a bit further closer to goal. Um, the the fullbacks might not sit as high up, even if they are inverted. You know there'll be slight tweaks and things more for when we're out of possession. But I think when we're in possession, you can expect us to go forward and try and score, especially at Celtic Park. Yeah, I think it was very well put by Kevin there. Um, and you're right about the away uh, performances. You know, two nothing up against Betis, two one up against uh, Bayer Leverkusen with eight minutes to go. Um, and I know that it doesn't always work this way, but that's another two points that, you know, we were only a point behind the second place. So it could have, uh, we could have leapfrogged them and, and potentially progressed further in the Europa League. However, let's focus on this season and Celtic are sitting top of the league after the first game in the league. Uh, albeit on goal difference, we've got off to... A great start, I think, against Aberdeen. And it's an Aberdeen side that I don't expect will be in the second, the bottom half of the league come the end of the season this time round. They seem to be in a better place. Uh, but that there is a lot of football to be played. And I think that um, as we do play um, over the next few weeks, we will see some new personnel coming in. A few Celtic players will be leaving the club, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I don't think, or maybe it's wishful thinking, that we will lose any of our big assets. And I'm touching the wooden table as I say that. So uh, thanks everybody for getting involved in the comment section. We will this season be um, covering every game home and away in Europe and domestically. And many of those match day uh, bulletins will be in association with and collaborating with our friends Celtic Down Under. Jared uh, was telling me it was a wee bit early for the game uh, today, but we will be collaborating together on the match days as we move forward as well, whereby we'll be streaming live on YouTube, on the Axom channel, and we'll be streaming live on Twitter and perhaps even Facebook on the Celtic Down Under channel, a proper collaboration. All that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Kevin McCluskey and Laura Bradburn for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.